0: But the best idea is to have a strategy around it and then be consistent. So don't be like, oh, I'll decide every single month what I'm going to do with $25. That's a horrible use of your time. And you're going to find reasons not to do it. And sometimes they're not always going to be logical. This is Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp, where I help tech professionals in their 20s and 30s balance a great life today without sacrificing their future possibilities. I'm your host, Lucas Caceres, certified financial planner and founder of Level Up Financial Planning where I help educate, coach, and build strategies with my clients to help them take their financial confidence to the next level. Here's an important compliance disclosure. This podcast is for informational purposes only and are not to be considered recommendations. It is recommended you consult your trusted financial professional before implementing any information obtained from the Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp. Welcome to Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp. It's been a few weeks, so I've been trying to not record, really take the gap that I've been saying I was going to take as far as the break between season one and season two. There's been so much going on this year that it's been hard to do. I did take a few week break. And if you're following me through my email subscription, you are probably seeing that I'm still recording stuff. I'm still creating content, but I did take a break and hit the pause button on content for Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp. Still not officially season two, but there's a lot going on, and I figured, what the heck, why not kind of throw this into season one and a half, and then going into season two, I'm going to start recording here with guests. I already have a great group of people lined up, so I'm going to be diving into that here in the next few weeks, and then, yeah, season two, barring anything crazy-er occurring over the next uh, couple months, we'll be out here for you guys to enjoy and listen and see all the great guests I have today. So I'm, I'm recording this in the middle of the coronavirus outbreak, just received a message notification on my phone that, yep, you're basically on home arrest is kind of what it feels like. You can go outside to just do miscellaneous things, do the groceries and whatnot, but that's kind of what I'm recording this in right now. And as a result of the coronavirus and a few other things going on in the world, the stock market did take a huge hit. At the time I'm recording this, it is March 25th, 2020. It's actually a back. Uh, surprisingly well over the last couple of days, it's going to continue to bounce around. I don't know where it's going to go in the short term. If you do want to go and check out any of the videos about that, I did record a few videos and wrote a few pieces, so I'll make sure I include that in the show notes. But today I'm going to be talking to, to you about whether or not you should buy stocks now. And it's because I think I've had that question probably at least 10 times in just the last week and it's a lot of clients, typically when my clients, more than one of my clients ask me the same question. I know it's time for me to create content around that. So should you buy stocks now? And what does that mean to you? Whether or not you should buy investments now or buy stock now is really whether or not these funds that you'd be applying towards it can truly be considered long-term. So I think that's one big factor. A lot of people start to forget because they they hear the stock market goes down and it's a good time to buy. You're supposed to buy low and sell high. Well, you can only make that happen when you have enough time to to write out the growth potential and guess things have fallen right now and they're on sale relative to where they were a few months ago. That doesn't mean that there's going to be a quick turnaround here in the next week or next few months. Uh, it may be a little bit. So you w- definitely want to make sure that the funds are going to be a long term because it could still fall from uh, this point as well. So that's a lot of times I think people forget that oh, just because it dropped like a rock recently that it's just gonna kick back right away. Yes, the last few days that has happened, but that's we don't know if this is that the end of kind of the fall-in or if this is just more of the same that we're gonna see over the next few months until the coronavirus stuff gets a little bit more solidified as far as how long this is this gonna be, what's all of the different government interventions and, and how are those actually gonna help and assist in the long term. So it's important to know Some other factors too that super important to me is having a fully funded emergency savings. So if you don't have a fully funded emergency savings, there's a high possibility of a recession coming up. And the worst thing that could happen is that you're kind of over leveraging yourself, throwing stuff into investments, thinking that's going to be a good return for you, that you're going to get 10, 20% returns. Well, what happens if you don't have an emergency savings to fall on? uh, If you get unemployed and you're not able to kind of find something in time to replace the savings you did have, the resources you did have. And you can find yourself withdrawn from your 401k early, which there's penalties there. You can find yourself going to credit card debt, which the interest rates on those are about 20% in most cases. So yeah, you could see really quickly how getting too heavily involved and too heavily invested at a time where maybe you should be saving and building up an emergency savings wouldn't be the best thing to do. It's probably the more exciting thing to do, but the, the safer more practical thing to do would be definitely funding emergency savings. My typical suggestion is if you have two spouses or individuals in a family making about the same, then you could probably get by with three months of emergency savings. If you only have a single person or uh, let's say one spouse or partner is making a significant a lot more than the other one, then you do want to think about stretching it out to be six months. And then at the end of the day, it comes down to your preference. So those are kind of starting points. And really, if you'd feel more comfortable with a year worth of savings, then don't, don't stop at six months. You can definitely do more and you're only going to feel better about it during times of crisis, times of great unknown and uncertainty like we have right now. And that's what I'm all about. That's why I love what financial planning exists to take your financial confidence to the next level. And there's nothing to give you the most amount of confidence during a recession as you have in like a whole stockpile of emergency savings just in case. And knowing that if you come out of the recession on top and things are fine, you weren't even impacted, well, you could start investing pretty heavily at that point, Um, especially once you get to that emergency savings target balance, you could start saving pretty heavily start investing more heavily in stocks as the, the point of this conversation is as well. So if you already have a fully funded emergency savings and your short-term goals are not going to be impacted by you throwing some money at some investments, then definitely that, that ends up making a lot more sense. So no expectation to need the funds in the next five to seven years. So that's what I consider long-term. long term's not three months. It's not six months. It's not even a year. I know in our kind of time period in the way of thinking the more like, when you want something, you want it now. You want that instant gratification. And waiting a week is long-term sometimes for some people. That's that's not with investments. You really want a long-term time horizons because stuff like this occurs and it might take a little bit to to get out of it. So you don't want to be stuck on the wrong end of the decision to have to hit the sell button when everything's at all-time low like they we're facing right now. The last thing that I'll mention here is is it the best use of your resources? So I was just kind of going through the checklist with one of my clients last night, actually. And once we were thinking about it, we're like, oh yeah, like emergency savings, we're building that up, but still wanted to do a little bit towards investing. That's fine if you're still doing a majority of your savings into the emergency savings. But then when we thought about it and I realized that we weren't taking out and maximizing their employer stock purchase fine, which is a guaranteed return. And another cool thing about employee stock purchase plans is you can actually take the funds out even before you purchase the shares. So if an emergency came up, if you were laid off, you just say, hey, all that money that was going to purchase these shares, send that back to me. It kind of works like a savings account in that aspect. And then once you actually make it to that purchase period, then when you get those shares, you sell them right away and you lock in guaranteed returns. You're never going to get guaranteed returns with the stock market. So When we're looking through the situation, like yes, the stock market's on a discount right now, and it may go up in the short term, but in this particular example, like there is a way better use of these funds where you can get a guaranteed return, not actually have to have that long term window. You just need to have the long term window with the employer stock purchase plan of six months, because what you do is you just sell it right away to lock in that return. So we we kind of decided, like, oh, that's actually a way better years, no risk, and. Uh, a lot more guaranteed upside just because there are no guarantees with the traditional stock market. So let's say that you do have an emergency savings and you're you're ready to invest. One thing you have to realize is, yeah, it's a good time to kind of apply money into the stock market. If you have money to do so, you have enough emergency savings and that long-term time horizon. But one of the things that a lot of people don't realize is like, oh, well I've already invested everything and everything else is already accounted for. So really all I'm investing is like $100 a month or $25 a month, Uh, not to belittle that or make it seem like it's not important because that's actually the best thing you can do is start to make small uh, decisions. And if you have to trick yourself and use this as a motivation, it's like, oh, this is a really good time to start this. That's important to be aware of that. Really, if we're starting with a smaller amount, it's not like you're going to get like a killer return. It's not going to be as meaningful, especially if you already have other assets like 401ks that have already built up. You're going to see the growth there. You're not going to see the growth with a little account starting with $100 a month. Um, Still valuable, but it's not the same conversation as someone that's like, oh, I actually had $100,000 just sitting in a savings account, and now is this a good time to invest? Well, if you have that much, then it's a very different conversation than if you're just doing $100 a month because you're able to definitely take advantage of where the prices are now. With $100, yeah, you can take advantage at right now with the time, but it's not really gonna be a meaningful impact or kind of proposition. It's really gonna be the long term accumulation of doing that $100 every single month that's really gonna have the impact. So I think that's one thing a lot of people don't realize too is like, oh, I'm gonna get in this investment, it's gonna double, and it's gonna be like, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Well, $100 doubled is $200. It's not $100,000 or a sizable amount. So I think some people get caught up in, in the growth potential. So you just want to make sure that you're thinking clearly and hopefully this video and a podcast episode kind of helps you walk through these different stages of thought for this. The cool thing though is that you can actually dollar cost average in. So when you're doing that $100 a month or $25 a month, whatever it is that you feel that you can do, and not put yourself in a financial bind should an emergency come up. It's called dollar cost averaging and it's because if you're doing something every single month, no matter what the price is, those things are gonna average out over time. And what happens is when the stock market's going down and it's lower, you're actually buying more shares on the opposite end. So before all this craziness happened with the coronavirus and the market started to fall, we were at all time highs. So when you're at all time highs, you're gonna be purchasing a lot less shares than you were previously. and so. What happens, though, is over time, those things average out. So you're not trying to time the market. You're not trying to think that uh, because of some research that you did, it's going to be so far advanced and you're going to be so much more informed than all the people that are paying millions of dollars to do this. So you kind of save your time there trying to, to time stuff or let stuff build up. You just say, you know what? I don't know what it's going to be. I'm not sure what it's going to do. I'm just going to do the same thing consistently on a regular basis. And for an example, I'll use $200 monthly savings. And the cool thing about this is if you have a 401k, you're actually doing that dollar cost averaging already. Every time you get paid, you're already doing this. So the people that have mentioned this to me my clients and a few other people that have reached out, like you're already putting more into it. You're purchasing more shares as a result of everything being lower. So don't feel like you're not doing anything. Your money that you're putting into it now is actually working a lot harder for you, doing a lot more for you than it would have otherwise uh, but for this example, of $200 a month into a 401k, for scenario one, we're saying your first pay period, you're, the cost of one share of those shares that you could be purchasing is $75. Pay period two, it's $90. And pay period three, the cost of the share to purchase that investment is $100. So what happens is you buy 2.67 shares that first pay period, 2.22 shares in the second period, and in the third period, you're just gonna buy two shares. And so what that averages out to is 6.89 shares. So in scenario two, what happens if those the costs of that investment are just kind of flipped? And so pay period one, the cost of that investment is $100. Pay period two, the cost is $90. And pay period three, at 75. So it's exact reverse of scenario one. So you end up purchasing the same shares actually, but again, it's in reverse order. So you're still working with the same $200. So pay period one and scenario two, you end up buying two shares. Pay period two, you purchase 2.22 shares. And pay period three, you purchase 2.67 shares. So guess what, the, the total and the average ends up being the same, so you still own the same 6.89 shares. So just wanted to let you know that's that's how dollar cost averaging works. Like you don't have to try to time these things. It matters kind of how many shares you are holding basically is gonna ultimately determine the value in the future. So the best strategy by far is just being consistent. So yeah, if you are gonna find a way to save an additional amount of money, that's really awesome and that's just kind of a starting point to kind of increase your financial security moving forward. But the best idea is to have a strategy around it and then be consistent. So don't be like, oh, I'll decide every single month what I'm gonna do with $25. That's a horrible use of your time and you're gonna find reasons not to do it and sometimes they're not always going to be logical. So if you back it by strategy and you're consistent, then that's really how you're going to improve your financial situation. It's not going to be from time in the market. It's not going to be because you're making a hundred dollar investment now because the market's down because in the grand scheme of things, it's not going to make a huge impact. What is going to make a huge impact is your consistency over time of doing this. If you wouldn't have done it otherwise, you're going to be so much further ahead. So definitely consider finding a way to do that, but you want to make sure it's long-term. You want to make sure you have that emergency savings and you also want to make sure it's the best use of those kind of next dollars you can use. Cause there's so many different ways you can apply stuff. Uh, sometimes there's benefits you're not fully taken advantage of, like the example of the employee sack purchase plan. So definitely kind of look at the whole situation and find out what's the best strategy, best game plan to move forward. It was great to record another <laughs> podcast. It's been a while and I'm excited for season two If you're not already, definitely go to my website, sign up for my other content that I create because I write strategy guides, I create cheat sheets and things like that. So I'm not always recording podcasts. Podcasts take a lot more (laughs) of my time. And so that's why I hit the pause button on that. And even though I was creating content, uh, you probably weren't seeing it or hearing it because it was going to my very specific subscribers to my email newsletter. So definitely check that out. I'll make sure the link's available for you to click on. Thanks again for joining me, and yeah, I'm excited. Hopefully there's no crazy stuff now between now and season two, uh, but if not, we'll we'll just kind of keep extending season 1.5 a little bit longer. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp. Remember, if you like what you've been hearing, to subscribe, review, and share with your friends and colleagues? If you want to take your connection to the show to the next level, you can find me on LinkedIn or on Facebook. Catch you next time on Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp. (laughs)